<laughs> Hello, all you little creepos out there, and ho, 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 horror is in the air. Holiday horror is in the air. Welcome to episode eight of the Horror Pop Extravaganza. I am one of your hosts here, Pops Ghostly, and with me, as always, is Leslie Undertit. I really got to start sketching these up, dude, <laughs> because, I mean, that one's, like, perfect for a fucking drawing. Um, uh, yes, some, like, garbage pail kids-esque, just, yeah, maybe a little bit simpler, because that shit takes time. Right, right. Yeah, kind of extra time right now, but um, uh, that's a good one. So, Leslie, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be or, here. I'm in the holiday spirit. Or do you prefer Mr. Undertit? We can go Mr. Undertit or also <laughs> Professor Undertit. Oh, okay. I didn't know you had that level of a degree, but that's cool. Yeah. So, yes, uh, the holidays are in the air. Thanksgiving is over. Um, we kicked this thing off with some some Santa wieners with Woo. rare exports last week, which is super cool. Um, and now we're keeping things moving with the um, with the holiday train. And hopefully we'll do, you know, a couple more of them, at least like two more. I hope I think we can squeeze in like two more before before the holidays are over. And then you'll get the uh, the pleasure of doing New Year's Evil, which I know you've never seen. But Ooh. we got to <laughs> we got to watch that together because that's a, it's, it's fucking not great. But, it's fun. <laughs> um, but today we are here to talk about I don't know when I find it's been a while since I found this one. Um, it's one that I share with people a lot when they're like, yo, what's a, you know, a creepy kind of Christmas thing. I'm like, this one's pretty cool. Check this out. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I like that. And you have never seen this, correct? Never even heard of it, buddy. Never even heard of it. That's the hard part. And I think the worst thing the, that this movie has going against it is that fucking cover art. Cause I remember seeing it. And being like, oh, it's just going to be some, you know, because if you go on like Tubi or some shit, there's like 90 Krampus movies and right, there's all these. Right. And so I threw this thing on. I was just like, what the fuck ever, dude? And when I got done with it, I was like, yeah, there might be something there. And then I revisited it again. And now it's probably been, you know, fucking five years or something since I saw it the first time. Uh, but we are talking about a Christmas horror story. And Leslie Underboob or is it Undertit? Undertit. <laughs> tit, Professor Leslie UT. Um <laughs> So why don't you um, why don't you lay it on us? How did this thing come to uh, come to be? This is titled A Christmas Horror Story from 2015. It's not rated, so you know it's a good really? one. Really? Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> we haven't had any not rated in a while. Uh, and the people that are involved, really, there's only one main man who is the star power behind this thing, the guy that gets you to pick up the DVD out of the Walmart $5 bin. <laughs> And that is yep. William Captain Kirk Shatner. Yes, dude, the Shat. Uh, the Shat goes way back. You know, I he did some Twilight Zone episodes that I absolutely loved. He was a good looking dude in his prime, man. Oh, fuck. Or that, in dude. his like early 20s. I mean, he's still in his prime. Like, I, if Shat came up to me and was like, hey, what are you doing? You want to go stay at one of these hotels I do commercials for and shit? I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude. Let's go. <laughs> um, Shatner's always been super cool. And. When I so when I had watched this the first time, I just threw it on. You know, I had no idea because I'll see some horror shit and be like, whatever, dude, I'll give it a try. You'd never know. Nine times out of ten, they're gonna be shit. But every once in a while you get something that's pretty good. And to be fair, I am a sucker for anthology horror. I just like little short stories. Not so much the ABCs of death where it's like 
you know, micro right. swords, I guess, yeah. which there are some cool ones in there, but it's like so much all at one time. Uh, but like trick or treat on Halloween, I think is one of my favorites. Um, Tales of a Halloween's really good. There are some other Christmas, like all the creatures were stirring, I think is one of them and a few others, but not as many in the, in the holiday kind of Christmassy genre. But this one is straight anthology. And like you said, uh, the Shatner carries this whole thing as an alcoholic DJ, um, <laughs> like rambling Dan somebody or something. It's better. I didn't get a chance to rewatch this. Dangerous one right away, Dan. Uh. Dangerous Dan. Dangerous Dan. Um, so but we in, and I was pretty convinced right out of the gate with this because they at least put some money into the title cards. And I was like, OK, you know, you got some real creepy Chris like Christmas can be. There is something we've talked about this before that it has a, you know, kind of creepy element. Right. The silence and the weird lights that are, you know, buried under snow and just, you know, not there really, but there. And we open up uh, with kind of just like a CGI snowflakes and stuff with like, nah, 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 <laughs> you know, real scary type of stuff. And we jump right into Santa Claus. We see Santa and he looks, you know, battle torn. This is not your your regular Santa. He's got like a fucking big blood coming out of his face. He's, you know, and he's in the stables um, and he's trying to barricade the door. And we know something's on the other side. And we're like, oh, shit. OK, like <laughs> whatever, dude, this is cool. Um, but we move really quickly away from that to uh, like we don't see what's on the other side of the door. All we know is this is like bad at the North Pole. We get this big sweeping shot into what looks like Hogwarts or some shit just yeah. lit up with green. I wasn't and, expecting that either. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this low budget movie. And it starts with this huge CG's thing of the North Pole. I was like, all right, hot damn. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to be fair, even though, you know, you said it, with this movie, there's not a lot of super recognizable faces, but for the most part, a lot of really consistently good performances. Yeah, no, I totally agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. So we... We go to Dangerous Dan, who's um, getting on the radio. He's going to be with everybody all night. He's got eggnog with booze. And Storm and Norman, the weatherman, is there with him. And he's like, oh, you know, Christmas cheer. And he starts to talk about this tragedy that had happened the prior year at a school that used to be a convent. Like, it was a convent a long time ago, but it's a school now. And... Norman just like right like scribbles like a fucking psychopath on this piece of paper and shoves it up against the glass and it just says fuck Christmas. He's like Norman, little baby Jesus saw that. Everybody saw that. <laughs> He's really you know dangerous. Dan is really trying to carry this kind of holiday cheer and Shatner slays in this dude. Like I love this Shatner. I'm a huge fan. I love the and they had this is like a movie trope is where a low budget movie gets like one actor. They paid him his day wage, pretty much filmed it in his living room. They just <laughs> put some like <laughs> tinsel and shit and lights in front of the window and fucking are just like, all right, Shatner, do your thing. And he's yeah. just like, you could tell he was there for a day. He filmed all that shit. <laughs> And, and he then, fucking did it though. He dude. never has and to go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And that's hard to do as an actor. Like, all I have to do is just sit here. And I got to talk because on a he is he does carry this in a lot of ways, like his through thread is right. really what makes this thing work super well. Right. And he has that that voice like he's always had the voice, dude. He's a Shatner. He's yeah. I bet you all the Shatners for, since the beginning of time. It had great fucking voices. There was and, I saw him at Comic-Con and he did a talk 
and he doesn't yeah. do that very often at the time at least at the time this was like back in like 2015 kind of when this movie yeah. came out there wasn't a soft nipple in the house dude everybody's shirt was <laughs> it's just and what's crazy though which is even weird because i'm talking about how handsome he later in life like now shatner looks like my father did before he passed away like sometimes i'll look up like holy fuck like that reminds me of my dad dude um which my dad in his youth super handsome dude uh, I, I got some of his old military pictures and i think shit the and, same uh, thing dude about my dad so i wonder if really we, what if we have the same dad dude my so my grandfather had 17 kids dude you never know and my dad was married like i don't know four times or some shit maybe sense. even a couple brothers more. from another mother we are dude we found each other so uh storm and norman's going down to the mall where they're doing a charity i can't remember if it's food or clothes but there's some kind of charity drive going on down at the mall weatherman storm and norman's going to go down there and um i don't know report back to dangerous dan about what's happening at the mall uh but now we move pretty quick to a group of kids and this is kind of our first story and i'm not going to try to you know, tell this as it was kind of played out, but we can talk about each individual story. Right. Okay. And so our, I, if I remember right, our first story is the school mm -hmm. and you've got this group of kids and, and this is nice too. I like when an anthology is woven together Yeah. and this one they did like the one girl, she's like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't go with you guys. My parents are making me go to my aunt Etta's house. Just can't do it. And she's like fucking making out with her boyfriend in front of her dad. And like, I'm like, gross. dude, yeah. but like, like he's like grabbing all over her ass and yeah. shit. And I'm like, dude, I'd fucking get out of that car. And I'd be like, get your fucking ass back here. Like save that for somewhere else. Like do your thing. But, um, but we learned very quickly that the whole family is kind of uh, that family anyway. Yeah. So the school, we go to the school and I, they got the keys from somebody to sneak in. They're doing a documentary. They're doing like sorts. a true crime thing. And yeah. she somehow got footage of the actual crime scene. Yes. The cop footage. Yeah. And she can't show Who, that. That'll come into play later. Right. Yeah. And so she wants to uh, go in and get her own footage at the crime scene. So they're sneaking into this closed off part of the school where two kids were murdered. Uh, and there's a right. jump scare here that fucking got me, and I was like, "Oh fuck you!" <laughs> like the weakest. I don't even jump remember scare. which one it was. Uh, so one was of the it? one of the guy the guy is pinned up against the wall, kind of Christ like, and then oh. his head has been turned around backwards. And then the cops going through the hall, and he hears like a noise, and he's like, "What's that?" And then the other girl, like her body falls out of the ceiling. Yes, and yes, is, yes. like hanging there in the footage in the cop yes, footage. Yes, in yes, the footage they're watching. yeah. Yeah, that was very Resident Evil 7-ish, like that first opening little bit of that game. Right, it was like, yeah. yeah, just like moving around with a flashlight, like, oh, fuck, what'd you see, you know? <laughs> um, but Resident Evil 7 is a fucking amazing game. If nobody's ever, if you haven't played it, definitely enjoy that shit. Um, so we do get that footage, and you're right. They want to make some sort of, you know, true crime documentary showcasing the stuff that happened. And we learn, I don't remember exactly when, that the... There, when it was a convent, some nuns like gave this girl like a super fucked up abortion. Right. And yeah. And so now her ghost supposedly is like haunting this place trying to have the baby. Right. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like fucking, and you know, it does get there, but they don't super fast get into the possession and stuff. Um, in my opinion, this is. I think one of the weaker of the stories. Mm -hmm. It's the one I didn't enjoy. Uh, I shouldn't say I didn't enjoy it. I liked it, but there was so much going on. You needed more exposition in order for it, I feel, to really make sense. But um, I mean, I guess not. I just said, you know, it's an, an abortion <laughs> ghost. 
So she possesses old girl eventually, and then she's just like, I want to fuck. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of a slut. Bong. <laughs> She's a ghost that's, um, but that's her thing. You know what I mean? She didn't want to have the abortion. They were like, you're having this fucking crazy back, back gutter abortion. And it was really <laughs> right. traumatic. Um, well, so she she's trying to, to hook give up a- with old boy who was grabbing on that other chick's ass. Yeah. So we know he's horny and he's like, no, I have a girlfriend. I don't know any dude who's going to do that. <laughs> you know what? I respect that, though. I hope that. We, <laughs> I need to set that as, we need to set that as the new standard. He yeah. was like, nah, man, you didn't see me grabbing all over that booty? <laughs> like, I get it. I'm a good-looking high school dude. but um, And so does she, kill, does she kill him before she goes and has sex with the other guy? Yeah. And then she walks up to the nerdy guy, and she's like, hey, you yeah. want a piece of this? And he's like, no, all right, do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just make it happen. And then this happens. He has sex with her. And she now, like, the ghost is satisfied. Like, hey, I've, you know, I have my child back or whatever it is. And she snaps too, like, what the fuck? And like, yeah. what are you doing? Are you and he's doing like, what he's the? Like, oh, you just came on to me. What the fuck? <laughs> right. Yeah. He panics like crazy. She ends up. Is that the one? I, how does she kill him? I don't remember how she kills him, but he ends up dead. Does he? I thought he lived because he had to be the daddy of the ghost baby. But I don't, I don't think I don't he lived. No, I don't think he lived. I think she walks out. She somehow gets out. Oh, you're right. You're right. He gets yeah. he gets crucified just like the other dude. That's it. Yeah. yeah. He um and then the worst ghost ever. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> just a, bad. a girl with white face paint and black around her eyes. I was like, damn, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the budget went into that uh, the fucking North Pole and shit. Yeah, like, yeah for sure, for sure. So again, though, in my opinion, I think this is the the weakest of the four kind of stories that we have going on. And throughout all of the stories, we keep flashing back to Dangerous Dan, who starts getting calls like there's fucking chaos at the mall, and he's just dumping like eggnog and rum together <laughs> and just getting hammered. And he's like, oh, fucking can't get a hold of Storm Norman. Hope Norman's doing okay out there, Norman. Doing all right. (laughs) And um, flashes to Santa Claus as well. We start to learn what's happening there. In a little bit, we get way more into that. But for now, and I think we jump from the school to Aunt Etta, maybe, or the cop. Because the cop in the video at the school had to take time off for like PTSD and he's been having a hard time. Um, so we could talk about them in any order we want. Let's talk about the cop a little yeah, bit. Because I think all, this is kind of a fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's all mixed together. Like it constantly switches. It kind of leaves you with a cliffhanger and then goes to another story. And then yeah. So it, then for story. for this context, I think you know podcasting it is beneficial just to talk about the story as a whole right. because if you're interested, it is cool to see. And that's what I like about a good anthology. Like some of them can be okay, some of them can be great, but when they're woven together really nicely, mm-hmm. like one big cool story i'm like i dig that dude that's nice i see what you did there motherfucker i see what you did there because uh, there's so many anthologies that just cut you know add credits and it goes you know one right. thing next thing next thing next thing. right we see that he's struggling pretty quickly you know he went through this traumatic thing at the school it's only been a year this is the one year anniversary and um he's like well let's go get a fucking christmas tree dude like that's the best thing to do and i'm like you know what 
doing? Go get a fucking tree, bro. I, I grew up next to a Christmas tree farm. There was one year when we were all teenagers, me and all my brothers, I swear we had like three trees, maybe four at the house. Because we would just go sneak through the woods, go cut a tree down at night and drag it back over the house, put it on the porch, decorate it, put one in the basement, decorate it. But they're going to go get a Christmas tree at somebody's property where they shouldn't be. There's signs everywhere that say, and he's like, ah, oh, fuck, come on. Don't worry about I'm it. I'm a cop. I go where I want. Right. Right. <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> so we have mom, dad, and then Will, our our little boy, Will. They they find a good tree. And out of, I can't remember exactly how Will gets lost, but he gets lost pretty quick. Yeah. They're just walking and they kind of get in an argument and they turn around. Will's gone. He looks in the like hole in the tree or something. Yeah. He he does. Yeah, he does it. But, and then they're just fucking panicking. Will, oh, Will, where's Will? And Will ends up showing up, but clearly this is not the same Will. Oh. <laughs> And this is a cool old story, man. Like the idea of the changeling has been told many, many times. And I like the the idea of it. Like yeah. it's, it's you know, it's kind of neat. And I would say even in like us more recently where Jordan Peele kind of mm -hmm. really took that idea and fucking <laughs> yeah. did a thing with it. So he comes back not really talking and stuff. They get home and they're going to eat some spaghetti. I do remember the spaghetti. Yeah. It's yucky. Dude, and this kid just crushes it. He's like smashing that spaghetti, dude. How much yes. spaghetti did you think that kid had to eat, dude? How many takes, dude? How many? He's just probably just one. Skeddy flying out of his mouth. He's like, I can't do it anymore. And they're like, Shut up, you little bitch. Eat that skeddy. <laughs> he, He's not even breathing, he, dude. He's just shoveling it. Shoveling dude, it, shoveling it, I remember it. the first time seeing it, being impressed. Like, holy fuck, man! Like this little kid, because he's small. He's probably only you know six, seven, somewhere yeah. in there. Maybe eight. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's just mounting. They're like, yo, slow down, dude. And he's like, give me more. But he doesn't talk. Nope. But he's, you know, reaching for more. And then his dad goes to like slow him down. He's like, yo, slow down. He stabs the fuck out of him with a fork. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> right in his hand. Fucking slam. Um, and the dad's just like, why are you in such a shitty mood, boy? <laughs> like, right. The mom he is really like, is. don't yell at my kid. I'm. My kid stabs me no, with a fork. No, I think he went to go smack him, though. I think he did go. And it seems like they had kind of uh, insinuated that he had been maybe abusive post the PTSD stuff Look, and all that. He, but. Just da he grabbed Danny too hard by the arm. That's all he did. He just grabbed him too hard by the arm. <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to write, and this little bastard... <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a great, not really a Christmas movie, but it's one that I watch when it's cold out. Like yeah. when I get a really heavy, snowy day, I'm down for the shining. Yeah. They send him away to his room or something like that. They talk a little bit. He's like peeking on his mom in the shower and then feeling her up that and gets stuff. super icky. The whole <laughs> thing, him climbing under the blanket. And then, yeah, yeah she's like oh yeah yeah and i'm like that's your son gross but she doesn't she's she supposed doesn't to be know, asleep the, right here yeah the kid but knows. that's not the kid that's the, the kid doesn't know that's not the kid what if you were inside your body and the changeling was making you feel your mom up and but you see, were like, I don't, ah! I, see i don't see i don't think it's that though i think the kid is actually back down in the hole and the changeling just took the identity and left so, so it is not is the not child in there with them listen I agree with you. It's gross. <laughs> I agree with you. It's gross. First time I saw it, I was like, man, this kind of fucking weird. Uh, but that's all right. <laughs> I was getting nervous because you were kind of arguing with me a little bit about it. Like, give me a little pushback. No, 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 no. no. Like, it no, is gross, gross. But, but the idea of the changeling, you know, and that is truly terrifying. Like, what if someone did take over your kid, dude? Right. 
Well, that the most is... fucked up thing in the whole movie, dude, is in this sequence. And she, like the mom goes to tell the little kid goodnight, and you see in the reflection what the changeling looks like. Right. And yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gnarly. Yeah. It's gnarly. And that's, I think, justifies some of that weirdness. But, but at the same time, you're right. Like it's, but I think it was intended to be in, extremely uncomfortable. Like yeah. it achieved its, its goal. Yeah. Like you want to make somebody fucking uncomfortable, show them fucking their own kid fucking touching them up at night and shit. <laughs> like that ain't right. <laughs> well, it was kind of weird too that the shower scene they had before, it doesn't show any nudity. But it gets as close as it can, and it just hangs out too long. Like I was like, I'm right, all for a shower right. soon, just like everybody else. But man, that one was kind of weird. Right, right. <laughs> and then right. they followed yeah. up with the feeling up scene, and I was like, oh, okay, that was intentional. So right, right, right. Like you, they set you up. Yeah, <laughs> they set you up for the okie doke, and I just still got out Santa dicks in my head from the last movie, and then this. <laughs> Fuck. I promise the next couple we'll figure something out where it won't be uh, won't be quite as bad. <laughs> this though is really well shot for all being in this apartment like this mm. what you're talking about and and i like movies that feel like the holidays when they're supposed to yeah. and this one the living room like the tree feels authentic you know everything the snow and shit everything feels really authentic kid goes out i think dad's just hanging out drinking on the couch yeah i can't remember how uh will marks them but he fucking does like yeah. quick but mom did did she get the call yet from the guy who's she, like, hey. She did, but she hangs up on him. She's like, don't call her again, you weirdo. Oh, yes. So this guy calls and is like, hey, that ain't your boy. Yeah. That ain't it that came out the woods. And she's like, oh, my goodness. But he kills the shit out of his dad and, like, wraps them all up in Christmas lights and stuff. Cuts his hand and off. Then, Why? Oh, that's Why? right. That's right. And then gets into a fight with mom, and she commences on to whip Dude, this fucking. she beats the fuck out of this kid she full-on baseball bats him in the face yeah she's just like die motherfucking die i'm like that's your son what are you doing it, well you just walked down to the living room though and found your spouse like wrapped up in christmas lights with one hand <laughs> i'd be like you know what this ain't right <laughs> this ain't right everything about this isn't right so she ends up but i think when she's really beating him did she already have him in a sack Maybe because I don't think I, they show. I think the face hit. You're right because I would be like, yeah. "Fuck!" And he goes like behind the couch, and she's throwing like full on rib kicks at him. And you're mm. just like, "Damn!" She ends up calling dude back and is like, "Hey," and he's like, "Hey, this is this is what this is. That's not your kid. It's a changeling. It came out of the woods. That's why we told you don't go in there. But if you bring him back, yada yada yada, we might be able to do something." And this takes a nice little turn right here. Yeah, it's it really does. I, uh, all the weirdness aside from the previous sequences, we get out into the woods and we realize that the man is actually the piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Who's been, you know, keeping these changelings. I, I don't remember what he's doing with them. I thought he was doing something or just keeping them under lock and key in some weird way. Or anyway, he's oppressing them in yeah. some way. I do remember that he is the oppressor to these changelings. She ends up kind of standing up for them and is like, yo, just give me my kid back and we'll fuck settle this thing and does a kindness to the changelings who then end up, I think, pulling the man in the hole or, you know, he's he's fucking dead somewhere. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. And then Will's kind of just back to normal and kudos to this kid because he plays that stoic monster. Well, yeah, no, he, did he a plays really it. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. He plays it really well. A lot of creepy looks. He's just looking. At yes. <laughs> yeah, and just like nah, 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 and just shoveling spaghetti into his mouth. Give me that sketty. So much sketty. <laughs> so 
Next, we move to um, our girl who is with her family heading to Aunt Etta's. And things are getting progressively worse at the mall all this time. Right. You know, we're, we're hearing tons of reports. You're like, down on now, the radio and everything. Yeah, don't don't go to the mall. Stay as far away as you can from the... Why is this? Well, don't care. Oh, give me a drink. <laughs> what if that was like Shatner was for real? Like, yo, I'm not doing unless I'm going to be drunk the whole time. <laughs> They're like, fuck it, chat. Go for it. Um, I'm gonna be really sad when that man passes on because he's he really his his career has touched a lot of people in a really good way. Oh, yeah. A lot of fans, dude, across like a ton of different properties and shit. He's my dad was of- an extra in TJ Hooker. Shut the front door, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. He was working for a coffee company, and so he'd go to all the studios to fill their coffee machines, and yeah. they were like, "Hey, we need we need people in the background." And he was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And so my dad did he get up. to see Shat do his thing? He got to was see it Sh- a scene with yeah, Shat? Shat and Adrian <sighs> Padlecki Barbo uh, Barbo. No, yeah, not, yeah, 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 yeah. You got oh, it. Oh, dude, that's sweet though. Yeah, oh, that's cool. You need to find that frame and just like hang it up somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> just that one still, dude. <laughs> your dad in the back of TJ Hooker. <laughs> But that is cool, though. Yeah, yeah Shatner's done a, a ton of good in the world. He's really like, oh, fuck, man. Like, this get bad. He plays it well, though. This, like, he's getting distraught. He's getting a little more drunk. He, he does a good job with it. We get to Aunt Etta's house, and Aunt Etta is uh, an Ebenezer Scrooge in <laughs> yes, every she way. She is in every way. And the premise leading up to this is dad poorly invested all their money or some shit she's a last ditch effort we learned really quick she lives in a fucking castle you know it's a, it's a huge place so she has all this money he's like listen i know we sometimes don't even fucking like each other but fuck we gotta get this money gotta get that money <laughs> the kids are like fuck i don't want to be here yada yada and so they get to aunt etta's and she reminds me of Oh, I can't remember her name. The woman from Gremlins who gets launched out the fucking oh, window. Totally, yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Yeah, Deagle. She, Mrs. Deagle. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get your dog. And <laughs> he's trying to schmooze her up. Hey, I got this stuff going on. And the kid, the son. So there's four of them total. Dad, mom, uh, daughter, son. And the kid is like he she's talking about Krampus and telling the story, you know, the tale of Krampus and shit like that. And the setting here is super cool. I like this kind of yeah, gothic. This is a great room, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, really cool room. Big roaring fire coming yeah, yeah. up out of uh, everywhere. And she has a butler, I would guess, or her assistant, her I she treats him like a servant. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's only Gerhard. Gerhard. I remember because I was like, that's a fucking great name. Yeah. Like you don't hear that often. And she's telling somehow gets into Krampus about this little statue because he goes to figure. touch it. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, don't touch that. Yeah. And he's like, oops. <laughs> it just <laughs> knocks that head. shit over. Right. <laughs> knocks it over on purpose. It falls and breaks. And she's like, you got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right now. <laughs> and dad's like, fuck, please just give me your money. <laughs> I just need your money. Um, but they're going to take off. And they get a little ways down the road. Everybody's upset how things have played out. Dad's like, you couldn't be a normal motherfucking family for five motherfucking minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you're setting the best example, Dad. Good job. You fucking Yeah, degenerate. he blames them. He blames them for squ- him squandering everything. Yeah. Like he blames them for it. So... <laughs> They get a few miles down the road and a tire blows out or there's a chain. I think we might see the Something chain runs in front of the car and they oh, swerve okay. and then, yeah, go off the road. And 
Right. And and again, it feels cold. Like watching this this sequence feels really cold and like good for you. Like not I mean, <laughs> fake snow can be awesome, dude. We've seen it done really well. Um, but this looks like some real ass snow. They are lost in the woods now, and all of a sudden, fucking like a chain comes flinging out of nowhere and sucks is it the boy. Yeah, he gets right? pulled into the forest. Goodbye. And you get that super cool bird's eye though, where he's getting dragged from a long yeah, way. You know? yeah. yeah, that's always a good shot. I appreciate that. But it's like, okay, show me a lot of chain. Like this came from <laughs> way far away. And he's gone, and they're like, Oh, what the fuck? And soon start talking about like Krampus and shit like that. And the fact that they're all bad, they're like, we need to confess our sins. Um, and they even, she makes mention of the boys. She's like, what did my son do? And he, the kids, the other kids like, yo, he fuck kills cats. Yeah. Like that's wild. The daughter big like one. sells him out. She's like, come on, yeah. mom. Do you think all those cats killed themselves? <laughs> <laughs> right. Almost word for word. What you, you just live said. on his kitty suicide says. farm. Is that what you think, mom? <laughs> kitty suicide farm. <laughs> there was a pack. All these cats drank the Kool-Aid together. <laughs> uh, so they seek refuge in a church and everybody starts to kind of confess. We do get, Dad opens up like, I was just trying to be there for, you know, I wanted to give you the lifestyle because I figured you wouldn't love me if I couldn't give you this. She's like, all I ever wanted was you to begin with. Like, I didn't need all of that. And I can't remember what the daughter. Oh, no, she gets away. But dad and mom. I wanted the daughter to be like, guys, I'm not a virgin. And everybody back. Oh, no fucking shit. <laughs> we saw the guy all over your ass. We, we know you're not a virgin. <laughs> um, do we see we do? I don't know if we see Krampus before we get back to the house. Like we might see some who yeah, cloven hooves of Krampus, but we definitely right. Don't see but the we whole don't see shebang. the full Krampus. Yes, and so mom and dad get slaughtered, and the effects in here are good. Mm -hmm. Like they do a good job with the kills and stuff. They're fun, and she ends up taking back off and gets back to Aunt Etta's house, and she's like, "What the fuck?" And then. We learned that Gerhardt had turned into Chris. So essentially, if you have like a bad spirit in you, you take on Krampus. And I was right. like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So Gerhardt had taken it on knowing what was going on. He was like, this is fucked up. And he, you know, all this anger manifested in him. He turns into Krampus. And that's who was chasing the family. Well, she had killed Krampus. She does spear him through the chest. Mm -hmm. Does she? And we see that it's Gerhardt. I believe we see that it's Gerhardt. But either way, then she goes to talk to Aunt Edda and she's like, you old fucking snatch. Like, you <laughs> knew. <laughs> you knew. And she's like, oh. <laughs> and we see the transformation into Krampus, which is super cool. So that's where we kind of figure out, hey, what the anger is what brings it. And she turns into the Krampus is now going to take care of Edda, who did lead a bunch of people to slaughter. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I mean, she kind of had it coming. Like, you're right, dude. She's Deagle. It, yeah. All day long. And Gearheart is kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> we yes. can have a whole prequel with Gearheart story. <laughs> there is so many great little spin-off fan films waiting to be made. Dude. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, could, we just got to get closer together somehow, someday. Uh, and, and this is where we get the first look at Krampus, which is pretty... I mean, it's not like the best Krampus ever, but I appreciate that they just you know, make up somebody up because at least that'll always look like it's, you know, Lou Ferrigno or some shit. He's buff Whereas, as fuck. Dude, Krampus, Krampus is like ripped. Yeah. I was ripped. like, is that a suit or is that a dude? I can't tell. 
There might have been some fake abs, you know, put on. But Who it knows? looked but... like Marvel's Krampus for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a great way to put it. Marvel's Krampus. <laughs> Just without all the CGI, which is good because it'll never really, you know, age out. Like right. we're getting to that point. You and I are talking about it a lot. We're we're watching CGI age out in, in months. Oh, yeah. You know, six months, eight months, maybe a year. And it's like, okay. That's old as fuck now. Right. Who cares? Right. <laughs> Where at least this will always be tangible. That's why the Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw, will always be great because they're tangible. Yeah. You know, there's something there that's never going to not be real. Your mind is like, that existed in real space at one time. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Even if it's goofy, you still right. see it. Right. So this Krampus is cool, you know, and they put some time into the makeup. Got some cool horns, you know, face prosthetics and stuff on. But he is just jacked up and, and like Kratos. Like if you just yeah. painted a fucking red stripe down this guy, totally. he would he would look just like Kratos. So now we move on to kind of our finale story, the big one that ties all of this stuff together. And at, by this point, Dangerous Dan is just like fucking distraught. He really, <laughs> how, 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 Christmas, how could they? I don't know. I don't know. Let's just remember those poor souls. <laughs> And he, but he, he's good. I love it. I might have to watch this tonight. You're talking about it so much. So our last story, my personal favorite, when I ran through this movie the first time, I was like, this is what sold me. Yeah. Was this finale yeah. is what sold me. And I was like, fuck yes, dude. Yeah. I would. Uh, yes. Yes. You guys got it. And for those of you uh, who can't see, um, what, Leptin Undertit? Leptin? Not Leptin. <laughs> Lewis Undertit? <laughs> Lawton under tit. <laughs> Larry Larry Saggy Boob. <laughs> Leslie under tit. Leslie, Leslie under tit. Like our Professor Leslie Prof Leslie, Leslie under tit. At your service. So and now I forgot what I was talking about completely. <laughs> back onto the names. Um but yes, this is, oh, I was going to say your smile, like with just oh, yeah, yeah. thinking, you know, I could see it on your face, you know, the joy and wanting to, you know, kind of talk through some of this stuff. So as you had mentioned earlier, we've been seeing each of these in pieces, which makes it really cool because mm -hmm. it's not like one story through to the end. And we've been seeing the elves and there's these really cool, <laughs> dude, the elves are, the elves are, the the elves best, are shiny. <laughs> <laughs> Shove it up your fat fucking ass, Anna. <laughs> what do you mean an elf doesn't want a cookie? This is crazy. I don't want your motherfucking cookie. <laughs> right. Shove it up your fucking stinkhole. <laughs> and so we've been seeing these flashes of the North Pole going chaotic. Santa having to slaughter all the elves. People are coming back as elf zombies. Um, Mrs. Claus goes bad at one time yeah. and it's, it's super fucking bad, dude. <laughs> like it's, it's violent. Yeah. It's very violent. The first time he turns around with an ax and whenever you see a Santa with a braid, you know, you're in for some shit. Like this is mm -hmm. not your average Santa, but he turns around with an ax and he's like, I mean, that would have been the perfect moment for like a let's get jolly or something. <laughs> <It's a> really <laughs> great one-liner. <laughs> that would have been good. You're right, though. He turns and it's like, okay, I have to save the North Pole. He feels this weight upon his shoulders like there's something in the water. Who knows? But yeah. all, everybody's gone bad. And <laughs> it's Lee Majors. He... <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. And then we get to a point, though, where a few people are like begging for their lives. And he's like, no, it's OK. Like, I'll save you. And then all of a sudden they're bad again. Like, ah, oh, fucking Kelly. Yeah, da, like da, da, evil da, da, da. dead elf. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Very deadite. Very deadite. 
Santa ends up slaughtering all kinds of people, and there's one last stand, and we go back to the very beginning of the movie where we saw Santa waiting um, for whatever's trying to bust through this door in the stables. I feel like it was a stable, but either way, something's trying to break through, and we get Santa versus fucking Krampus. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's done right, dude. They it's did so it. Good. It's not perfect. It's not. You're not watching Donnie Yen fucking do crazy <laughs> shit in it, man. You're not watching Tony Yai. You're not watching these guys. But it is really cool to watch Santa fight. And you're like, fuck, yeah, because we've already established the Krampus character. You know what I mean? Right. This thing. So there is some evil in somebody somewhere that manifests as Krampus. How did you? Okay, before I even say anything, how did you feel when this happened? Oh, dude, I love this was like an old school Marvel team up. You're like this fucking ultimate bad guy versus this fucking badass Santa that at one point we see one hand throws an elf out a window. <laughs> so you're like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> right on. And they just start right tearing on. into each other, dude, and it's glorious. As the uh, the the stable doors open and the camera kind of turns, how did you feel right here? I, dude, I loved it. I was just like yes. ready for what because they set it up so big that like we've had that cliffhanger of like the doors about to open and then we yeah. go off to another story. So now we get that fucking big moment and and we learn that Storm and Norman had a <laughs> mental breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> and he's been slaughtering all the mall employees yeah. and we get these flashes of people dressed as elves like fucking Norman. What are you, Norman? No, <laughs> he's just like he's just killing motherfuckers. <laughs> And he has gone fucking crazy. And I don't remember if we get Dangerous Dan after the fact, but I remember watching this the first time and being like, yo, that was really <laughs> fucking good. Like, that yeah. was a great, you know, tie from the beginning to the end. Um, but and then you watch it, you know, or you think back to the beginning when he's like, fuck Christmas. Like, yeah. it's all of it starts to make sense. And you're like, damn, dude, like this is this is gnarly. Um, but it, it was super cool. And then I, I would love to see another one of these. Like if they, you know, give them a little more money and do a better poster for oh, it, like yeah. a cover art. And then uh, I think that's the end of it. Dangerous Dan just kind of takes us out. But that that big reveal is is good that it's been storming Norman the whole the fucking whole time. time, literally storming. Yeah. Storming through the mall, murdering everybody because he's just had enough and fuck Christmas. <laughs> Jesus can see that, Norman. Everybody can see that. <laughs> I'm talking that. little baby Jesus, not when he right. got, went through that hippie phase. <laughs> yes, yes. It was a great line. Um, and then Susan, who keeps talking to him off radio, she's like, oh, you yes. can't say that on the radio. And he's like, I can talk about baby Jesus all I want on the radio. <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's his birthday. I'm William fucking Shatner. <laughs> It's his birthday if we want to. So, out of five bloody snowflakes, uh, what do you um, what do you give a Christmas horror story? I'm gonna have to give this one three and a half stars. Solid because dude. the production value brings it down. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's yeah. higher than some, but like you said, I would have liked to not have so much CGI. Uh, yeah, they went and tried to go really big in a couple of spots where I get it, man. You're like, if this is the one shot, nobody, I, I don't think either that people understood how quickly CGI was going to start aging, how quick technology right. was going to start fucking moving. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, at the time, and because what, 2015, eight years ago, yeah. probably almost nine years ago, probably looked fantastic when it first hit. Yeah. But, and it's, uh, I want to say it's Canadian too. So I don't know if it got like a smaller distribution here, maybe did pretty good in Canada, but. I know there's a different title for it. It's a holiday horror story in. Ah, uh, okay. Like, I guess the Walmart edition says that on the box and then the disc, says 
a Christmas horror story. Lovely, dude. Yeah. So just quality, quality all the way through the marketing, right. all the way through but production. But the, the, the three and a half, I can, you know, appreciate that. Like, yeah. I can. You know, I tend to... I, I I don't know. I it takes a lot to really upset me with a movie. <laughs> right. To really upset me. Right. And so and there's not a lot of stuff like this out there. You know, oh, you have yeah. your your holiday slashers and things like that, but not a ton of kind of digging into some older lore outside of the shit you get onto me that is, you know, in its own way it's cool. I get it. Like, dude, let's just make a fucking movie for yeah. like for half a million dollars and put that shit out, you know, and yeah. it's it's like the grindhouse method has came back for streaming. You know, yeah. we now have whatever street that was, 42nd or some shit. Some of you'll correct me if I'm wrong. So just <laughs> let me know, Sammy. We love you, buddy. Uh, but it's it's kind of that again, where you have these little distribution companies who are just boom, 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 putting shit out. And so this, I think, stands a step above those. The way this could have taken it to the next level is leaned into that grindhouse. If they would have done more, went heavier into the gore, heavier into the horror, I think that it would have been a four or a five for me. Really? Yeah, maybe with some of the effects, you're right. And, uh, you know, as opposed to putting the budget into that, like, show me somebody's, like, head getting ripped off or some cool hook Krampus stuff. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they, I mean, for what they did, the fights, I liked it when Santa fought Krampus. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. It was, it was great. So, yeah, three and a half, I'll take it. If you haven't seen it, I don't know where you watched it. I've owned it for. I actually had to purchase it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, was it on, it, like, five bucks or something like that? It was three ninety nine on Amazon oh, Prime. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, it's free if you have shutter you can get it for free cool yeah and you know what though for four bucks it's definitely worth four bucks yeah it is yeah, worth it four dollars a hundred percent yeah sure. um okay so let's uh let's switch it up here switch it up here my friend professor leslie ut <laughs> <laughs> and you're a professor, so I'm sure you'll have some great insights uh, today. And just talk about some, uh, I don't really like the idea of positivity because life needs to be balanced. I got to find another another word for it because life isn't all positive. I think that's part of the problem is a lot of people feel we need to be positive all the time or be, I should always be happy. And that is, right. that's, that's impossible. But knowing how to be in your stress or in your, you know, whatever you might be going through. And that is hard. And you know, I'm not here. I'm not a fucking doctor. So I'm not telling anybody like, hey, just do this and it'll help. You know, sometimes medicine really is you should talk to fucking somebody if you need it. But yes, a new name. I don't know. Maybe we could come up with something. Maybe we come up with something and as opposed to uh, positivity with Pops Go Sammy. It rolls out the tongue good. Pops out the tongue. Maybe I could do, I got my little keyboard here, my little MIDI keyboard. Maybe I'd come up with something like, Pops Go uh, do something cool, but okay. So what I wanted to bring to the table today is something I was reading. Actually, this leads right into what I was just saying. Hey, and it's from Henry Shookman, as I believe how you'd say that. I don't know a lot of these people, but sometimes I just take the words and, and I think we, that's important too, is to realize that even, you know, nobody's fucking perfect. Like people can have moments of good moments of bad and that's okay. That's okay. Like it, it happens. You try, I think, to feed that, you know, that story of the wolves and shit. Like you got a good one, a bad one, depends on which one you feed. Um, I think that does come into play, but uh, you shouldn't like beat the shit out of yourself for having a bad day or something like that. Like you know that that happened and you can move on from it. Like it doesn't determine who you are. But either way, here we go. Suffering and awakening is what this is titled. 
We all know both rapture and despair. The first may drop us into a vast love, while the second asks us to face our own deep wounds. It is useless to ignore either. The whole soul must know both light and dark, suffering and awakening. That's important. It is important because we, I don't know, man. Like, I am still currently on medication that I'm working with my psychiatrist with. I've been on for a while. And I tried to get off for a little while. It didn't work out. I had to end up getting back on. They are hard medications to get off. But I also stopped and thought I was like, damn, okay. Because I've taken the time to reflect on this stuff and been like, I've pretty much been anxious, I feel like, since I was like 16. Like, genuinely in my soul fucking anxious yeah and i'm like you know what you know what if this whatever it does balance this shit out for a little while um and next time when i try to get off it's gonna be like yo let's come up with a really good fucking plan because last time it was a fucking nightmare yeah um and that's historic with these type of medications but you watch tv now and you see shit that's like yo is your depression medication not working add on this next medication it'll boost the first medication <sighs> It sucks, dude. Like, it hurts my heart because I know there's a lot of people out there suffering. It takes a long time to get out of suffering, but know that there is an opposite side to suffering. Suffering could not exist if there wasn't the other side. You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't have the notion of suffering if you didn't know happiness. And But the pursuit of consistent happiness is to deny nature which doesn't make any sense. And suffering can make us appreciate the fucking good in life. I mean, look at fuck Keanu Reeves, dude. I love that man. I've never met that man. We'll probably never meet that man, but I fucking love that. If I saw him, I'd just hug him, dude, and be like, thank you, bro, for being exactly who the fuck you are. Yeah. Like, I like you just how you are, man. And he'd probably be like, you too, and fucking, you know, <laughs> do something cool. Um, but that's not to say he hasn't done some, you know, shit that some people might consider bad at some point in his life, but... His suffering, when you look at it from the outside, was great, Yeah, you know, to lose a lot. I knew a dude in the Navy who became a really good friend of mine who walked through the fucking killing fields in Vietnam as a child and watched bodies just explode and shit all around him. That is great suffering, you know, when you look at it from the outside. But suffering is, is real in everybody. And, you know, you can't calm down somebody else's suffering or try to help someone with their suffering until you deal with your own shit. I'm going to say that a lot. You got to deal with your own shit. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And and when you get to that place where you're like, okay, I know suffering is just a part of kind of the experience. What do I do when I'm in suffering becomes the next logical step. So when I'm in this place, do I just, you know, continue to, I maybe we talked about it once. I read it somewhere, but someone said it's like you, you're keeping your upstairs of your house clean as fuck, but you just shove all your shit into the basement until eventually the shit just starts fucking overflowing into the house. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, when it starts. To, so you have to manage your suffering. Um, and there's a lot of ways to do that. You know, I, I practice a lot of those I have for a long time. There's a lot of cool ways to do it. But but just know if you're suffering even right now, whatever it is, that there's an, there is another side to that coin. There is a warm to a cold. Like you wouldn't know cold unless you knew warm. Because if not, it would just be like, this is just what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is just what the fuck it is. So it's and, and I think a lot in our suffering is when we compare to not having suffering. You know, when I say I'm feeling like I still have shitty days, dude, where I'm like, fuck, I just feel like fucking fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. Like, that. you know what I mean? Like, there's no other words. There's no other way to articulate that. Like, this sucks. But only when I compare it to, man, I remember when I was having that great day. Then it becomes really bad suffering. 
you know, because now I'm like, why am I not in this? Whereas now I'm like, okay, you know what? This sucks right now. I'm gonna give myself 20 minutes. Like, cause this is more important than anything else to me is to kind of work some of this shit out. I'm gonna go sit. I'm gonna be quiet for me. That's what works for somebody. It might be something else. I can say with a pretty good degree of certainty that stimuli is not going to help. You know what I mean? Like if you run to watch TV to get away to distract yourself and there's nothing against TV. I'm, I mean, if you listen to me talk, I've probably seen more movies than most, <laughs> yeah. than most fucking human beings, dude. Honestly, like I could probably sit with Tarantino and fucking chit chat and just be like, yo, dude, let's get down and yeah. talk. You know, <laughs> let's, let's have a conversation. So I believe in this art form. In my opinion, it's always been an art of people trying to understand the human condition. When it's good, it's good. It's like music. When it's good, it's good. When movies are good, it's like a good book. It just fucking hits right. And there's there's something that's captured there. But yeah, anyway, suffering, dude, it sucks. Uh, but but to try not to compare it to when you weren't suffering. We figure out something, and I, I saw I say that a lot again too, is that you know, breathing. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking breathing. It's um there is one book if anybody's a reader that I highly recommend called I think it's called Breath. Breath or Breathe. I can't remember. It's on my bookshelf right now by James uh, Nestor, I believe is the one who wrote it. And that shit, like it breaks down the science. Like I'm a science guy as much as I am a metaphysical guy. And it breaks down like, you know, what happens in our bodies and shit when we breathe and you read these stories and you're like, okay, if, and, and this is for everybody listening. If you've seen somebody do something, you can probably fucking do that. It might not be dunk a basketball if you're five foot two, but you could lower the fucking rim and dunk all fucking day if you want. Yeah. But you know what I mean? But breathing is something we all have to do all the time. Our body does it on autopilot. You know what I mean? It'll just do it all the time. When you become a little more aware of that and just a little more of a master of that, that shit starts to pay off and like fucking, so you feel like you're at the casino just hitting jackpot after jackpot after jack. You're like, holy fuck, this can really change some shit. But uh, yeah, don't compare your suffering to not suffering and know that everybody has suffering. So try to be kind to other people because you never know what kind of shit they're going through, man. Absolutely. What man. you got? I spent what so much time uh, looking back at the past and, th and looking back on it with rosy colored glasses and thinking, you know, that I was so much happier then. I, and, yeah. and that makes yeah. it so much harder to be present now. Right. Because it's not comfortable now. But it's like you said, <laughs> like, it's hard to get out of that shit, you know. And if if breathing breaks you out of that, it's hard to breathe. It's hard to it stop is. and put everything aside or go find a place. Do you have to go find a place or can you breathe in the middle of the mall? I can. I can breathe in the middle of the mall. I breathe a lot while I'm tattooing. I'll be okay. like pulling a line and I'm just like, just being right there with that line for a second. You know what I mean? Kind of going through it. Um, now it's become such a habit. I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't notice, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm just kind of, you know, doing this kind of breath or that kind of breath to either slow down or speed up, whatever it might be. But, yeah, I'll do it while I'm walking. It's just like walking meditation. However, I did read there was a time when Thich Nhat Hanh was speaking, I think, at a church during the height of like the Vietnam conflict. And he in one of his books, he was talking about it, having to leave the church because the energy became so overwhelmed, overwhelming that he was just like, I feel oppressed by like, you can create calm or you can create hostility. And if you've ever seen like a fucking mob and shit, like you can create angry energy. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not here to debate mobs, whether, you know, riots and shit are right or not. I'm not here to debate that either way. But the, 
you can create something. And he had to actually step away from that. And I've been in situations where I'm like, this is kind of overwhelming. And it's just like, step away. Like you can almost start to feel it. And it's like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like you are like sucking me into a fucking black hole and I'm getting stuck. That's what social media is for me, dude. I get into it. I think like, I'm just going to chill for a minute and look at my phone. And I always wind up ruining my fucking day. Like yeah. just fucking ruining it, dude. So, and it's um, you know, that's one of the things. And and again, I'm not against. I think I said this on the last episode, maybe maybe the one before that, but I'm not against any sort of social media. It, with what I do, it's kind of necessary in a lot of ways. But I removed all of it from my phone, from my iPad, only what was absolutely necessary to do art and business. Kind of like breaking up with both of those a little bit. (laughs) I mean, for real, man, like breaking up with my electronics a little bit and using them more as tools as opposed to them using me Mm -hmm. to fucking just sit and suck my time away. Uh, And I dedicated an hour of time in the morning or sometimes I'll miss it in the morning and I'll do it in the evening or the afternoon. But one hour a day, I'll open them all up. I'll look at it, respond to messages I need to respond to. Then I do it on my laptop because that's a fucking chore just in and of itself. Like, oh, I got to go sit down. I got to make sure that motherfucker's charged. It's not in my pocket all day long. Um, I can say with a great deal of certainty that my shit's been like way better. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. Because it's, um, I don't know if you, and I, I, you know, it's funny is I just posted a picture today of like somebody standing in front of a bunch of TVs and shit. And I see the irony in it that I posted that shit on social media. Okay. So some symptoms of information overload are inefficient work, confusion, delay in making decisions, lack of critical evaluation of information, loss of control over information, refusal to receive communication, lack of general perspective, greater tolerance for error, anxiety, stress, etc. The limits of information processing capacity are probably conditioned by the limited metabolic energy that is distributed in the brain and remains constant regardless of the difficulty of the tasks. So we're over, we're trying to shove a thousand pounds of shit into a five pound bag. Right. And read, you, read a book, motherfuckers. Not, no, no <laughs> yes, read, books are great, but don't do anything. Is yeah, the, you yeah. know what I mean? The yeah. goal, if you can, or if you off. are going to read a book, just read a book. Don't be reading a book while watching a fucking thing in the background. Even though I'm very guilty of that. I draw with something on in the background, but it's a movie I probably fucking turned on. It's hard. It's hard to break some of those habits, but I'm trying to break the ones, you know, I can to give me a little more of that back, right. a little more of that brain space. And I have noticed just you know, overall, because the energy is like, holy shit, what do I do with it now? I was checking my phone fucking, you know, hours every day, Mm -hmm. hours. I was checking my fucking phone and it's like, holy shit. And I'm still probably on messages, you know, an hour and a half to two hours a day, but I was probably on my phone fucking eight hours a day at one point for sure. Like, (laughs) you know, it's, and so now I have all that energy. And today I sat and threw a fucking ball with Annabelle for an hour and I was like, let's just play catch. And she's laughing. She's having, and I'm watching it. I'm like, that's fucking me growing up right in front of this cool. And I was like, yo, fucking son, get out here. Let's play catch. And he comes out. And now there's four of us playing catch. Don't let it hit the ground and shit. Um, and, and it's just that I don't know, man. And that's just for me. And again, I'm not trying to put anybody down. If you like your social media and shit, I get it. Like, I understand. Um, I still use it for, you know, business purposes. I'm trying to do it just for that. But at the same time, fucking live, man, live your fucking life because it's going to go by fucking fast, like so fast. You have no idea. Some of you are probably like, yeah, I fucking know. Like, it's already gone by so quick. It's going to keep doing that. 
It's going to keep doing that. Don't get to the end of it. The number one regret in life has been forever. Like, don't fucking work for a bunch of shit that you never need and live the person you're supposed to be. Like, live unless it's a fucking serial killer or some shit. Don't do that. Don't live that. But everybody else, yes. Live your shit, man. (laughs) So thank you, everybody, for hanging out, as always. Um, I did see one more new review popped up. um, So that's super cool. Thank you for everybody who does that as well. Um, All right. So for the Horror Pop Extravaganza, I've been Pops Ghostly. I'm Professor Leslie Undertit. UT. <laughs> 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 <laughs>